0: Let's get to know the artist behind the epic melodies, songs, and beats. Celebrating the best new music from around the world. This is the
1: Estate of Trance
0: podcast.
1: What's up? My name is Ruben Ronde and welcome to a new Estate of Trance podcast with special guest this week, Cold Blue. Hello. How are you doing?
0: I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: Um, let's dive into the history of Cold Blue in just a little bit and also have Actually, I have a lot of questions also by the listeners. So we're going to try to squeeze everything into this uh, little half hour. Um, First things first, because you haven't been in the show in four years. So this is your first podcast. So we're going to dive into the history and uh, talk about Cold Blue. Because I always want to know what infected you with the dance music that you wanted to become a DJ or producer.
0: So, I was into music from my early childhood. The the house I grew up in was full of music. There was piano, percussion instruments, guitars, everything. And I always felt the need to express myself in music. Mm-hmm. I was a very silent boy back then. I didn't speak much, but I always expressed myself through music. I drummed on all the percussion instruments. And I think that was my way to communicate.
1: So, you grew uh, up with music.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I, I learned the drums very early on and felt the need to, to make my very own music, complete Mm -hmm. music, not just one instrument, but a complete uh, composition of music of instruments. And that's how I got into electronic music because the software made it very easy to make your complete song Mm -hmm. and not just one melody or one beat, but you could, Compose and produce a whole song and that's how I got into it. And somehow trans music was was the kind of genre that spoke to me most Mm -hmm. because of the emotions and the journey that it takes you on.
1: Do you still remember opening your DAW for the very first time and just starting to scribbling things in or?
0: Uh, Kind of... It, it was a program similar to dance EJ if you're familiar with it maybe so very techno, very DJ. techno <laughs> DJ very simple just putting together melodies and beats that were pre-produced back then mm-hmm. but it was very exciting yeah just the,
1: just because you were creating something by yeah, yourself the yeah.
0: feeling of power that you are God now and you can <laughs> create something
1: and then yeah. uh, you st- you like you started making music with something called techno EJ I guess. Um, at a certain point, you started to take your knowledge of music into something more serious, I guess.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, How did that go? Uh, that was a very long process. I think I was always very confident about my music, even if it was complete shit. It's still today, I'm always confident about the music that I do. And then half a year later, I realized, oh, it wasn't that good. And I have to go at it again and rework it. Yeah. Um, so the the progression from amateur to professional was very uh, was a smooth flow and I was always overconfident I think. Yeah. Um, but my music knowledge went into it from the beginning because I learned drums for 10 15 years before I really started to produce music. So everything about beats and rhythms I already knew but I had to learn the harmonic theory how to write melodies. And that took quite some time until the melodies were professional or didn't have any rough notes in it that you don't enjoy if you not (laughs) created it by yourself.
1: (laughs) Until it was like a point that it was pleasant to your ears. Yeah. Because the first release, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, must have been 1. Yeah. 2005. Right, yeah. That was it? That was the moment you were like, okay, now I'm good enough to release something? Well, you said you were confident, so you probably probably had it before already. Yeah, that
0: was already five years in of producing. Okay,
1: Mm. so you started making music in in the previous uh, millennium, basically. Yeah. And then it took you about five years to get to a level that you would release something under Cold Blue. Yeah. Now, a question that I'm wondering for a while already, where does the name Cold Blue come from?
0: Um, I think it comes from the emotions of these words. I just looked for something that feels like the music that I'm producing. Mm -hmm. And uh, the color blue is very emotional for me. Maybe it's also connected to melancholy as an emotion. Mm -hmm. And cold is also something that people say about me sometimes that that I come across as a cold person in the beginning because I don't have too many facial expressions and Mm -hmm. I don't show my emotions. In the first uh, connection with people, mm-hmm. but um, inside I'm—I have all the emotions like everybody does. Um, but I think that was why the name was suggested to me. Also, it was suggested. Um, who yeah. suggested it to you? A girlfriend back then. Okay, in my in my—I uh, think I was nineteen. Mm-hmm. So she she suggested it, and it immediately resonated to me. But the emotion of the words resonated to me. Not cold blue. Cold blue. Not the idea that I'm a cold person <laughs> and I have blue eyes or whatever. Yeah. She came or however she came up with it.
1: And yeah. it stuck around.
0: It stuck around, yeah. And I still like it. And I still think it's a proper description
1: of my music. Mm-hmm. I think, to be honest, because um, we spoke about this before as well, when you released your, your album Winter, of course, which took... Twenty years to produce, then I guess. Well, that was yeah. your first album? Right. Um, is it something that you overthink too much making music, or is it something that just? Mm.
0: No, I don't. I don't overthink it. But I'm very. I have very high expectations to my own music before I release it. Yeah. So I'm fine to play work in progress songs on shows and mm-hmm. see how the reactions are. But the point when I release it and when I put a name on it can take two or three years during the work in progress time yeah. and um, and for an album it's even more important for me that the whole story makes sense and that it's not just a compilation yeah. of songs
1: yeah you've been um, in this industry then for 20 years already almost wow what do you think what <laughs> yeah what what do you think is the biggest difference from the time that you were coming up as a producer and how things are going right now
0: mm, that's a good question I've Uh, At least one big difference is that I probably don't take it as serious anymore, Mm -hmm. that I don't feel I have to make it, I have to make a big career, that I have to prove anybody that I can make music. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I really, I'm really at the point where I just enjoy creating music and there's no purpose of doing anything else in order to prove anything. Mm-hmm. Just making music that resonates to me and that uh, that comes from a place that is true, if that makes any sense. Yeah, it so, does.
1: I think um, that's, a, that's a really good thing, a way to approach things. Do you think that's something that comes by age or is it something that, um, that has always been like that for you?
0: I would say one of the main goals in my life is to be a happy person. Mm-hmm. I, I try to reach happiness and be, um, yeah, happy in life every day. And music was one of the ways that I tried to become happy by creating music and by playing it to people and by pursuing the career of music. And every day or every so often I try to to see does it work or does it not work? Does it actually make me happy or does it not make me happy? Mm -hmm. And for example, when I toured the world for three years every weekend on a different continent, I wasn't a happy person. No, And that helps me to make a new decision and to realize, okay, if that doesn't make me happy, I have to change something.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, but that's a hard decision because in general, um, especially in the industry that we are, uh, let's say 90% almost of your income comes out of these performances. Right, yeah. So you chose to uh, go on a path, not necessarily on income, but more based on happiness.
0: Right. Because if you're not happy, why, uh, what do you do with your income anyway?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess a lot of people are afraid to to take these kinds of decisions.
0: Right. Yeah. That makes sense. I always try to not be dependent on touring from the very beginning. Yeah. I, I had a life set up that I didn't need the shows to make a living. So that was easy for me to say no to more shows from the financial aspect. But mm-hmm. the other aspect is that there are a lot of fans that enjoy your music and also that it feels like the sense is lost if you don't play the music to people. Yeah, That was in the beginning of COVID. It w- was a big problem for any artist, I think, yeah. that this connection was lost. You couldn't suddenly. share uh,
1: the music face to face with the people that normally yeah. listen to it anymore.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it felt pointless to make music even. Very true. Yeah. And it took some time for me to to find the inner need the 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 creative source inside of me. Yeah. And then become productive again.
1: So in 2020 you you made a big change for yourself. That's probably how you you made the change into becoming more happy with your music again. Yeah. 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 So tell us
0: um, the big change is, uh, one of the biggest changes was that I moved out of my city apartment and found a new place um, somewhere in the countryside, not too far away from where I lived before, but mm-hmm. it has everything that I looked for. It has a garden, it has the the, the setup to, to get productive with your hands, to do some handcraft things, mm-hmm. to start building houses, rooms. So you were stuck
1: inside of your bubble apartments, basically just working, 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 making music, working, making music. And then you made the decision like, Hey, I'm going to, you know, get outside and just do some other stuff. Yeah. And it
0: was at the moment during COVID where I realized we all try to, 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 we wait for other people to change our lives. For example, we wait for politicians to make wise decisions. Yeah for the whole rules during COVID or we wait for some companies to come up with a good vaccination or whatever people were waiting for Mm -hmm. until their own life gets better again. But I realized it, for me at least, it didn't work like that. As long as I don't make all the changes that make my life better, why should I wait for someone else until they make a big change so my life gets 10% better or 20% if there are so many changes that I can do already now. I love and that.
1: That's 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 really smart, to be honest. It,
0: it took a long time to realize yeah. it, but um, I think I was waiting my whole life for that conclusion, for, for that idea.
1: At uh, what point did you have that epiphany? You Was it something that just came up like this or was it something that grew over a little bit?
0: I was at a protest, actually, where i hoped that my voice counts when i'm down on the street and after that protest there was another protest by other people with a different opinion and they were also trying to achieve their goals by by um, letting their voice speak but obviously that we all just protested we we didn't take action no. By ourselves, we it's just like, pro- hey
1: guys, hey guys, we want this change, we want yeah, this change, yeah.
0: but you change it for us, yeah. we want our lives back or whatever. And that was so obvious on that day to me that the way the, the, the strategy that they chose, the guys from the protest after me, um, that this is wrong. And then I really realized, oh, wait, I was the same guy two hours ago, and what do I expect? Yeah, uh, exactly. So, what you're yeah.
1: saying then, if you're listening to this right now, you should take more decisions yourself rather than to wait around for other people to take decisions for you.
0: Definitely. If, if you have the choice to change something, if, if you have the potential and you don't choose it, you, you don't fulfill it, mm-hmm. then why would you spend energy and trying to make someone else change something if you can do it by yourself, which most, mostly, always is quicker and easier, rather than change your partner or change your parents or change your boss. If you can change yourself, that's always the the shortest way. I feel.
1: Yeah, that's very true. That's a wise, uh, wise words, wise words. But it's <laughs> very you. true. I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's a that's, that's a good point. Is that also the reason? Because that's the reason why you were here in the studio at first. Is that that you started your own record label, so you would have every choice in your own hands?
0: Uh, kind of, also, yeah. But always, um, also, <laughs> it's the the idea to to have everything under one roof. Um, yeah, I get lost a, bit, a little bit by what I want to say, but
1: maybe you're we right. You're looking for a certain freedom to do whatever you want to do and the speed that you have yourself into putting stuff out.
0: Yeah, it was quite difficult before to follow the schedules of the record labels and also that... When I'm very confident about the track, then I send it to label X Y Z, and they tell me, "Oh no, we don't like it. Do something that sounds like this that you did three years ago."
1: And I'm like, "I'm not the same person." Yeah.
0: yeah, that for one, and the the track three years ago was something completely new, where I didn't try to make something that sounded like something else three mm-hmm. years ago. Yeah. Um. So I actually need a record label that just trusts my creativity and mm-hmm. that, that gives me the freedom and yeah, then we come back to what you just said and thought probably it's that this is the same principle Yeah, that I change what I want to have changed in my life yeah. so the record label could be something that I can do myself and I don't wait for some other record label to be the dream record label that I think of.
1: Yeah. Well, it makes, sen- yeah. makes sense. So, while you moved away from the city um you came to into that realization sort of and then also your output is just insane like the amount of music that you're making right now and putting out is like on a whole new level how did right. you manage to achieve that
0: i think it's just natural it's the, the the biggest reason is probably that i have more input if we think about the connection between input and output yeah. i make way more experiences in my life now down
1: because you're outside of your apartment you're doing your gardening you see you interact with nature you do more things i guess with your hands so you have more input that way exactly yeah i have i
0: experience how it feels to be productive on a on a physical level in the garden to to plant my own tree to to make a raised bed or whatever you do in the garden or connect with other people in the countryside and start some projects that you work on together and it feels so purposeful and so productive and those emotions that I feel during this want to want to go into the music that I make yeah. and this is why way more music wants to go out of me these days <laughs> than five years ago.
1: Because you have more inspiration yeah. by, uh, how do you say, experiencing more things in life basically. Yeah. Different things. Different things. A
0: a bigger variety of things. Right. That's interesting. Yeah.
1: So I think a suggestion would be to up and coming producers. Sometimes it's just to step away from things. Go outside. Go with friends. Go into the nature. Take long walks. Do whatever. Just to create create that input so you can create more output.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Especially if you don't feel happy. If you you don't feel that, that your life is... The way it should be when you're sitting in front of your computer 24 yeah. 7. if you feel there's missing something then just change something
1: yeah and in, in the end, end, end you're in control you're in the, control yeah. of everything that you do yourself yeah. so then we come back to the thing that you said earlier it really resonates to to be honest is that you're in control so you decide what you're doing and you decide yeah. what energy you get into the studio on which what aren't you getting I love that. That's uh, that's nice. Exactly.
0: Yeah. And also, for example, I made the experience recently, what it helps to meditate every morning for mm-hmm. maybe 30 minutes or do some practice, whatever it is that connects you with your inner energy and maybe with your surrounding energy, with the nature that you're living in. Uh, that makes such a big change in your daily life that you're a different person. And, then you're also a different person in the studio, and you create different music, and the music becomes more authentic and more true, and it's it sounds maybe like it comes from a bigger source, yeah, 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 and not just something that 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 comes out of a head from someone that tries to make music, yeah.
1: So now you can change your name from Cold Blue to Calm Blue. <laughs> to calm Blue, yeah, calm Blue, like very yeah, calm. Yeah, yeah, you're yeah, meditating, yeah, yeah. so you're calm yeah we could do that <laughs> yeah, yeah. maybe it's maybe but it's an alter ego that you can start for uh, ambient music then. <laughs> yeah for ambient music because you do that yeah. as well of course
0: yeah every now and then yeah
1: um, well let's step away from this for one second um, because one thing I want to address also is that uh, the music that you make that's why it's so surprising to me that you have so much output your music is like it's like complicated there's a lot of like a lot of layers there's a lot of things happening this always mm-hmm. right? there's always a storytelling going on in your music is that something uh where first of all where do you find the inspiration and secondly how much time does it take for you to create all these atmospheres that are going on everywhere i think it's even more the question
0: for me how do i make the decision what goes into the track and what not because it's very natural for me to collect many many ideas for every track so there might be 10 different melodies in the beginning and i have to choose which one Ends up being in the track and which one not. Mm-hmm. So, my work process is more collecting material, collecting puzzle pieces that I, in the end, and try the to duct. make fit. Yeah. yeah. So, it's even more, th- there would be even more layers <laughs> than you probably would think. Yeah. And the, the biggest challenge is to decide which one to delete and which not.
1: And how do and, you create them in general? Like, uh, because there's so much, like I said, there's so much things are happening always in your tracks, like these cool atmospheres and things. Uh, you mean from a technical Yeah, from a technical perspective. Perspective,
0: yeah. Um So a lot of it is just synth and MIDI notes, but then I also bounce down loops of the synth and reverse them and put just delay and on reverb of- on it. Uh, yeah, it, it could come from anywhere. It could be a percussion loop that I make into a melody somehow I don't know how but just by pitching it up and down and slicing it and playing around and
1: how do you know now because in the past you were working with ans and I guess fellow artists that would judge a certain track like you were just saying but now you're now you are your own label boss how do you say how do you decide that the track is done or that it's you know it's release worthy
0: I would say it's if you get excited about your own music then you know Mm-hmm. And if you don't, then you also know. But sometimes it's very difficult to accept that you're not not excited about it. And then your head tells you, oh, but it's good enough. And it's actually quite cool what I made there. But you don't really feel it. Yeah. And that's, that's probably just the switch in your system that you have to find. And then you can feel, does the music excite you? Does it make you...
1: Then it's releasable. Uh, yeah. Okay, so it has to be exciting. Well, I mean, that's a good, uh, that's a good uh, how do you say, threshold that it has very to be something simple. Exciting,
0: yeah. It's super simple, actually. But So,
1: if you're excited to play it out in the show, that would be like, right. that's, that's yeah, when yeah, you know yeah. that it's good enough to release.
0: Yeah. And very often I put it on my USB stick and then I don't dare to play it. Oh, yeah. The show. I know that feeling. Yeah. Yeah. But then you
1: play it once and then you realize, hey, it's actually yeah. good. It's Sometimes it's yeah, scary. Sometimes, yeah. To be honest. <laughs> uh, I have a couple of questions, well, actually, a lot of questions. So, we'll have to. Um, Jump through these. Um, Mm -hmm. Brielski wants to know can you describe your new label, of course, Cold Blue Records, in a few sentences? Um, Or a few words?
0: Yeah, it's probably whatever I decide that I want to release can go on that label. And
1: whatever I decide to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Also, I try to, to make it a little bit of a story to. So that if you play the releases in order that it makes sense somehow. That, that the emotional journey has some storytelling. I think that's also what I try Storytelling. To I like yeah.
1: that. And also um, this is not a question because this is something that I saw. Uh, because I focused on this a lot myself also my record label. The artwork. Oh yeah. Like the artwork yeah. is like a you probably have the same feeling of nostalgia with old vinyls. Yeah. So like a piece of art that goes along with your piece of music, I guess. And I have to say a big shout out. I wrote it down. Viola and Dominic. Yeah. um, making the artwork, at least for the last one. I have to say that it's beautiful.
0: Yeah, I'm so glad that I found her, and it was quite of a coincidence because I was looking for months for the right artist. And then a friend of mine released a piece of music with her artwork on it, and it's international relationship guy musical relationship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and the coincidence was that the artist, Viola, she lives just one hour away from me in Germany while he was living in Turkey, releasing on a label that's somewhere else. And he found her online somehow. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know of her before. And it was the perfect fit for what I had in mind for the record label. And like you said, the the graphical artwork is it's such a nice addition to music
1: it gives an identity to a tune in my opinion yeah yeah
0: yeah and it's a new way to express emotions that are inside of the track but also for your eyes visible there yeah
1: and i think i think that's a fantastic like i said that's something that i always try to do with my music as well just to to give like a visual um how do you say the visual side of things because in the past you had the vinyls you know yeah. exactly. Yeah. You, you were flicking through the vinyls. You knew exactly which color had which release. And then, I guess in the f- past few years, everything was just stuck. Like it was just exactly. You know, yeah. here's another release. Here's yeah. another. now. Now you give like an extra identity.
0: And I just had the the word in my head that it's a statement. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized your record label is called Statement Recordings. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. All right, all right. Yeah, and and we have the 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 we have the possibility to make a statement by artwork as yeah.
1: well and not just only music. So why wouldn't we use it Yeah, and let it speak? Because in the end you're watching uh, most of the music, you're watching it or you have it on Spotify and you would see the artwork all the time when you're playing it or you would see it on YouTube and you would yeah. see the artwork. So most of the times, actually people will see what's going on as well. Yeah, and they can either look at the stock photo
0: or at someone. That at, at something, something that was beautiful. created by heart. Yeah.
1: I think... uh, So, um, Viola, please keep up the good work as well. Uh, Tobinho wants to know, what's your all-time favorite trance song? Oh. (laughs) Uh,
0: From the very early days, it would be the Ferry Carson remix of Adachi for Strings. Okay. And from the newer era would be Numb the Pain by Will
1: Atkinson. Okay. Tell us why. Why did you choose that one?
0: Uh, The new one... I don't know. it's, It's just the perfect energy flow, the perfect melody... So creative, so fresh and original, it's, it just stands out from everything. I else think everything that Will Atkinson does right now is just oh, brilliant. Yeah. There's so much yeah. detail into He's everything, it's incredible. Yeah,
1: some, and you know, I think that the last one, um, that we played on the show was Washing Machine, <laughs> and you can see it, you can actually see it on the episode if you we are just standing here. Just waiting to what's coming next. <laughs> you always know there is something, right? Yeah, something cool is coming up, like so. a
0: Tarantino movie. You don't know what happens next. Exactly. Yeah, yeah
1: that's exact. So, we're at from now on, you're the Quentin Tarantino of, of, music. of music. So, yeah, put that one in your pocket. Um, Fernando BV12 wants to know what other genre of music do you listen to a lot? A lot of electric guitars. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which Ruben doesn't like no case. because we were having lunch just a little bit earlier and I was saying like uh, I don't like everything but in general electric guitar I just don't like yeah, the sound of it not your kind of thing well there, there's of course there's ex- obsession, uh, obs- uh, uh, exceptions. Ex- exceptions like November Rain for example or um, Buddy Holly by Weezer that has mm. a nice little riff in it but in general <laughs> it just doesn't speak to me at all it's so yeah. aggressive and uh,
0: interesting yeah for me it's definitely rock music which yeah. has a different a, a similar kind of energy than trance music in some ways like the big trans riffs are for me a similar energy like big rock guitar did riffs. you grow up with rock music yeah yeah, yeah. that's probably I didn't, I didn't i didn't grow up yeah. with rock music at all yeah. it was
1: more i grew up with oba and you know oh, things like that yeah. so it was more melodic uh, Cheesy things. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Pop music. Pop
1: music. Yeah. PLR018 wants to know what are the pros and cons of creating songs for release on an album versus releasing them as singles? Uh,
0: Good question. Really good question. I think you shouldn't think that way, even. You should just, or I try to just create music and don't think of the purpose for the music while I create it Mm -hmm. and then in the end I decide in in what kind of story does it fit would it be a good piece of a story on an album or is it a good standalone single by itself but in the end I think every track should be worth it to be released as a single yeah and if not then you should improve it until it resonates very true
1: I think it's an interesting one because I've heard this sentence a lot yeah, that's it's not a single, but it's a good album track. Good album track, like, yeah. It's just content. What? Like, what does that even mean? Yeah, is it a filler or is it something that is something so far your comfort zone that you not you're too afraid to put it out as a single, something like that? Right. Interesting one. So, and
0: then it's again just a decision by one A and R. Yeah. And it's not, not. It's a, not
1: your creative decision. Yeah, yeah. Because you said in the studio, and there was a reason why you created that track.
0: Yeah. For example, oh. there's the story of Queen Bohemian Rhapsody that wasn't meant to be a single by the A&Rs, but Queen insisted on that and yeah. then
1: it became their biggest hit. So, yeah, and it's still, at least in the Netherlands, it's always number one in all the charts of like the, the best tracks ever created yeah, or something exactly, like that. Exactly, yeah. Interesting. That's also a track that goes everywhere. It's like a Quentin Tarantino movie as well. <laughs> um Reggie Vion. So Reggie C T S Vion wants to know any other producer or DJ that you would love to collab with?
0: Oh. Yes. I'm I'm very I'm a guy that wants to create music by himself. Like, <laughs> uh, I have my very distinct vision of me, how music should be. So But you did it. some
1: big collabs in the past.
0: Yeah, I did, and I'm always open for it, but For example, we could think of Will Atkinson because he's so creative and interesting Mm -hmm. and surprising with his music. So it would be great to see where it would lead. But at the same time, it could go complete chaos and then we are just disappointed in the end because you think you multiply the talents and then it becomes exponential amazing music but that's probably (laughs) not the case
1: yeah (laughs) it could be it could be a good uh, good try to be honest Um, Darlon Justin wants to know when will Tobias return to Southern California ooh that's a very because you said on air as well that you are um, cherry picking the shows that you're doing right now you rather focus on being happy and creating music rather than touring all the time
0: yeah so that's why at the moment I just can't tell yeah. I, I decided to reduce touring uh, just because it's, it didn't felt like it's healthy enough for me. It's, it took away a lot of my energy. I enjoyed it, definitely, and I don't want to be this grateful yeah, for anything, yeah. but it's, it needs to be in the right balance. And at the moment, my balance is like 95% at home and maybe 5%
1: traveling. Um, I think a lot of people underestimate how heavy... And how, um, how do you say it, how alone you can be on, on tour oh, yeah. as well. That you just yeah. by yourself, just locked up in your hotel room. Or you can go outside, but you're just by yourself most of the time. Sometimes you're lucky enough to uh, have some friends with you. Exactly, yeah. That you can do stuff together, but in general, you're just by yourself. Right. So I understand that it's not really the thing that you pursue necessarily.
0: Yeah, and it's... If you can make it a really nice tour, and if the travel route makes sense, we talked about it earlier too. Then it's worth it, but like if,
1: what you did earlier this year in Asia. You in did Asia, Vietnam, it, Thailand, yeah, Vietnam, Thailand, Taiwan.
0: I enjoyed it so much; it was perfect, and I'm happy to do it again and again for sure. But it needs to be right. Yeah, it needs to be properly planned and not too crazy for the body from the different time zones and all that. Hmm.
1: Um. Ellie Wheels wants to know this is probably someone that you know how many melodies from 99 made it into a full track.
0: Oh good, Tell us
1: about it. Good question. So I came up with the
0: concept of 99 melodies during the pandemic because there um I like I said didn't really feel the purpose to release music.
1: So we were trying to find a gimmick to just to create something.
0: Yeah. And I I tried to combine short pieces of music with beautiful looking uh, videos mm-hmm. that i cut it and uh, then i uploaded those videos online and the the name of the series was 99 melodies and it only made made it until episode 20 i think and then i gave up on it until now maybe i will pick it up again at some point it's a lot but of work the the goal <laughs> was to make 99 actually